right, back with another podcast, uh, Preps Podcast, here with Kyle Neddenrip. We're talking with uh, Trevor Andershock and uh, Jeff Shanley from Indiana Basketball Source, and uh, we've all been out covering high school basketball this week. Uh, it was a, it was a fun week, sectional week. You know, it's a lot of basketball in a, in a short amount of time, and you know now we kind of play the uh, you know one week at a time uh, uh, games here coming up with the regional this week then the semi-state, and then a week off uh, this year, and then the state finals on April 3rd. So it kind of stretches out from here a little bit. But, uh, you know, I thought it was a really, you know, interesting week. You know, sectional week, of course, brings back a lot of memories from last year that, uh, you know, are kind of the last real uh, normal week that we had until the virus hit and uh, shut everything down. So, you know, wrote some about that this week, kind of revisited sectional 10 and, and some of the unfortunate uh, stories there with the the people who passed away shortly after, but uh, you know the basketball this week uh, there, it wasn't as crazy at sectional ten as far as the games go. But I know you guys have seen Lawrence North a lot uh, this year, especially you, Trevor. Um, you know, so not a huge surprise that they win that sectional. They did have to get through a, a pretty good gauntlet, about as tough as you can get with Cathedral, uh, Warren Central, and North Central. And really, the toughest battle was with Warren, a game that could have gone easily either way. Uh, Sean Black uh, had a pretty good look, a baseline runner uh, that just missed uh, as time ran out, and uh, Lawrence North hung on to win that semifinal game. But, you know, let's start with Lawrence North. I mean, that's two years in a row they've been able to navigate through sectional 10, and, you know, pretty impressive to, to get that done a second time. And now and now the Wildcats, and talking to those guys last night, they're looking forward to seeing, you know, exactly how far they can take it this year after not being able to find out last year. And I don't know if this team's as, as quite as good as that team with, with Tony Perkins, but they're pretty darn good. And the, and the role players uh, like Donovan McCulley and, uh, and Caden Beatty are better than they were last year. So definitely a team that's t- to be reckoned with, on the especially on the south side of the bracket. Uh, just, you know, we'll start with you, Trevor. Your take on, uh, on how Lawrence North fared this week. Yeah, obviously a great week for him. And kind of going back pre-tournament, it's always so hard to take a team like Lawrence North to win the whole thing because of that exact all that they had to go through this week for you start off with a top five team in Cathedral. You know, they obviously play really well. and get a huge game from uh, Indiana commitment, C.J. Gunn in that one. Um, and then you just keep going on and Warren Central up next. Like you said, they had a chance to be upset there, but they get through that. And then to cap it off, you had a surging North Central team in the championship game. So obviously just a, a great run for LN here and, they have to be feeling confident going forward after you get through a uh, stretch like that because you know it's not going to get any tougher um, than that, you know, three-game stretch they just went through. So, obviously, I think things are looking up and up for uh, the Wildcats and definitely like their chances in the next couple of rounds here. Yeah, and, and looking at that, uh, Lawrence North uh, will play Ben Davis on Saturday morning uh, out Southport that that will be a you know obviously they play each other in the uh, you know during the season and uh, you know but this is a different Ben Davis team and we'll, we'll touch on them as well but you know that the other games there will be Mount Vernon uh, they also won uh, sectional nine over at Richmond and then Plainfield uh, they're they'll be playing uh, Mount Vernon in the in the other game there at Southport uh, but you know talking to you know the coaches over there at sectional 10 it's always like you know you you feel like you've got this state championship team uh potentially like uh, Jason Delaney you know talking to him uh after they they lost and then of course uh 
DeAndre Davis, and I, I really thought Warren Central uh, was was you know if they win that game, you know they they could very well be at uh, Banker's Life, and I, I thought the same about Cathedral really going into the tournament. Uh, so you got a couple teams there, and then I'm not sure North Central was quite ready for that, but uh, you know ha- had been playing really well at the end of the year and played Lawrence North. Uh, uh, twice very close so you know a lot of talent goes by the wayside uh, in sectional 10 and uh, you know teams that that you know could have had a chance to to really do some damage uh, kind of lay by the wayside but we know we kind of know that going into it it's uh I think was four of the top nine teams in the Sagarin ratings uh, were, were from that sectional so just a just a really good run and again you know Lawrence North gets through it but lots of good teams uh, by the wayside now. Yeah, and you look at, obviously, the difference between this Lawrence North team and last year's Lawrence North team. You have you take away Tony Perkins, but last year's group didn't really have a healthy C.J. gun for a lot of the stretch run. And, man, the couple times that I've seen Lawrence North, he has just been uh, almost automatic from three, and that opens up so much space for D.J. Hughes inside, Shamar to do his thing getting into the paint. And even people like Donovan McCauley to to kind of just roam and have some freedom to run around and grab offensive rebounds and kind of do that dirty work that they need. And man, if you get this CJ gun that's played for the last you know since the start of February, if that's the CJ gun that Lawrence North is going to get uh, for the next you know hopefully few games for the Wildcats' point of view, I mean, man, it's it's hard to see a lot of people challenging them. Yeah, it's a really good team. And as, as I watched that uh, you know game last night, and then really the night before too, um, you know it's 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 just a team you feel like everybody kind of knows their role. You know, if they, and if they, and not every time that do they play like that, but you know the guys who like Beatty and McCulley, you know they just know how to get the they know what's asked of them. And, and I think sometimes that's the biggest thing when you've got you know basically your fourth and fifth offensive options. They're not out there trying to score twenty points a night. They're they're just happy to you know, get on the floor and do their job. And, and, uh, you know, that's really what it takes when you're trying to make a tournament run. Uh, kind of meant to start with this though, Jeff, you know, what, when you look at the entire sectional as, as a whole last week, what, what kind of stuck out to you? What were the biggest, uh, you know, maybe surprises or, you know, storylines that, that you saw, uh, kind of as the week unfolded, anything that really st- stood out to you, uh, above all, all the rest? I mean, I think one thing that was interesting was I thought a lot of the championship games on Saturday had a lot of natural rivalries. You know, you saw Ben Davis Pike, you saw Lawrence North, North Central, you know, you saw Brownsburg Plainfield, but uh, I'm going to take it up to South Bend. And one of my biggest surprises was Riley knocking off South Bend Adams, a team that had only lost one game all year to Warren Central at Warren, a really close game that Kyle, I believe you were at. Mm Mm-hmm. I watched the regular season meeting between Adams and Riley uh, a little over maybe four weeks ago, three or four weeks ago, and Adams was up 20 at half, had a just completely dominated that game, you know, held Philip Robles, their Riley's point guard, scoreless, which is, you know, that's tough to do, and then held Blake Wesley to uh, 16 points on 6 of 18 shooting. I think that was his, at least up to that point, his season low point total for the year. And then Riley comes back in the sectional and knocks him off. You know, I had Adams um, as a team that could go to semi-state potentials, you know, state final team. You know, things fell right for him. Uh, Did not expect to see Riley 
knocking them off on Saturday. So that was a big surprise to me. Um, I thought Adams had a lot of potential, maybe not the big names, the stars that some of the other teams that are still around in 4A have, but just a group that played really well together. I know, Kyle, we talked after that Warren game, you said you really liked the makeup of that Adams team. So Mm -hmm. to see them not in the regional round was kind of a surprise to me, honestly. Yeah, same here. I, you know, talking to Chad Johnston uh, after that game, the South Bend Adams coach, you know, really excited about you know getting a chance maybe to to get out. And they knew Riley would be would be tough, but uh, I don't think they expected uh, not to be playing in the regional. And that's uh, you know really heartbreaking for a team that had a lot of seniors and kind of been building uh, towards that moment. But uh, you know, tough tough loss uh, for South Bend Adams, and let's kind of stay in four A. Um, you know, there's some, you know, some really interesting matchups coming. I know Trevor, you've had a chance to see Gary Westside play. Um, you know, to me, that's a team that, you know, they, they were able to, to really hammer, put the hammer down on Munster, a lot, a lot bigger margin maybe than, uh, than people thought that would be, uh, Valparaiso got through in the uh, Chesterton sectional. And then we mentioned Riley and then Elkhart, you know, kind of a surprise coming out of, you know, they're hosting that sectional and, uh, they come through first year as a consolidated, uh, school, uh, they able, they're able to make it through, but you know, looking up north, uh, Trevor, you, you know, you're familiar with that part of the state uh, pretty well. Do, what do you think about Gary Westside? Is this the team to beat up there? Uh, I think it is because just their overall talent level is so good. Um, you start off with Jalen Washington, the uh, 2022 power forward. Um, he's fully healthy now. Um, last year, he missed the whole high or the whole summer um, and season with uh, ACL injury. Um, Kulamari Peterson, the point guard for him, had a really good year for him. Um, and then you just have player after player that can fill a role, step up game to game. Uh, Krishan Christmas, that's a great athlete and solid defender. Perrion Robertson will win you a game here or there. My biggest question mark coming into the tournament was they're just a little bit banged up. Uh, Kulamari had an ankle injury that made him miss a game late in the season. Uh, Christmas missed a game, I believe, as well. So I wasn't sure about their their injury status, but it looks like everybody's healthy, and they're really starting to click now. Um, You mentioned the Munster game was a bit of a surprise, and obviously when you tried to go up against the Mike Hackett team, you expect a tough game, but Westside handled them pretty easily. And even the game before that, I thought uh, Lake Central was playing really well. Senior Tyler Ross... um, Seemed like they were hitting a stride and might be able to challenge Westside, but the Cougars dismantled them as well. So going forward, I think Westside's really a contender coming out of the, the uh, North here. Um, like you said, they have helped part that first game of uh, the Michigan City Regional, and they're a team that will try to lock you down defensively and keep the pace slow. So that's kind of a contrasting styles game. But I'd like Westside there and against Falpo or Riley. I think they have a good great chance against either one of those, even though Falpo did beat Westside um, in the regular season. But I think a little bit of a difference there is Jalen Washington's was probably about 80%, 85% during that game, and now it looks like he's 100%. So that could be a difference if those two teams uh, match up in the, the title game of the Michigan City Regional. Yeah, Michigan City Regional, Valpo against South Bend Riley, and then uh, Gary Westside and Elkhart 
uh, in that one. So that will be, you know, I think some some good matchups there. And uh, you know, talking about Blake Wesley and and, and potentially playing Gary Westside, but they got to get through a good Valpo team. So some pretty good uh, matchups up there. And then you know, coming back this in this direction, uh, probably the big game, you know, or one of the one of the real big games coming up this weekend. Uh, Carmel and uh, Homestead, number one Homestead, number two Carmel, uh, going head to head at 9:30 a.m. on Saturday morning. So uh, you know, get your uh, Saved by the Bell in, and then get over to uh, watch some uh, watch some good basketball over at Logansport because uh, that's going to be a heck of a game. Uh, you know, what did you guys were you guys surprised at all? Carmel, uh, they got the bye into uh, Friday and then took care of business against HSC. Uh, won that game by, I believe, about 13 points, and then, uh, you know, really handled Westfield. And, and I covered the first game they played each other this year in the regular season. Uh, it was kind of a similar uh, result, I think pretty similar score, actually, to, to what it ended up being on Saturday. Westfield, I think, probably just doesn't match up very well with Carmel. That was my opinion going in, uh, just because they don't have a lot of size. And, uh, you know, sure enough, Carmel kind of, took it to him again were you guys surprised at all uh by the by that uh, margin on on saturday it's 53 to 27 uh saturday night yeah i'll start i uh i went to that carmel westfield championship game and part of the reason why um like you said the earlier matchup was lopsided to carmel but i thought brayden smith was playing well enough to maybe change that out outcome in the uh, title game there but um, like you said, they were able to, Carmel was able to shut down pretty much everybody other than Braden Smith. Um, I don't think any other player other than Smith scored one, three points in that game. So it's really just Braden being able to create his own shot and create shots for others. And, you know, that Carmel defense is not going to allow too many open looks. And that's exactly what they did. And like you said, Westfield just doesn't have the size. They were running pick and rolls and hitting Charlie Williams on a roll and had nobody who could really contest his shots at the rim. He, he ended up going nine out of 10 from the field just because of, you know, his, his touch around the basket and his size advantage. Um, obviously it was a huge advantage and it was a really impressive performance by Carmel. I mean, that was their prototype game right there where, you know, they're getting the shots they want hitting them at a high rate, not turning the ball over, and then locking down on the other end. And then once they get that lead, we've seen it, you know, throughout the years that they're going to sit out and make you come out and guard them, and that's where they even get easier shots after that. So I was definitely surprised by the margin, but Carmel was clicking on all cylinders that night. Yeah, and then you look at this upcoming matchup for Carmel. Obviously, I think the game of the – probably of the state tournament so far you have number one and number two with homestead and i mean there's such there's such a lot of similarities to me between homestead and carmel and how they operate it's just homestead is what carmel would look like if carmel played at a faster tempo yeah um it's a lot of five out um passing screening only taking good shots a lot of kids that can hit shots a lot of unselfishness um so I think they're very similar teams. It's just one plays at a different speed and a different tempo than the other one does. But, man, seeing Fletcher Lawyer and Luke Goody and, and Grant Simmons and Andrew Leeper and those guys have to figure out the Carmel defense uh, of Ryan Osborne, that's going to be really, really fascinating. Um, Homestead obviously um, has a bunch of guys in that 
kind of six four to six six range. A lot of interchangeable parts defensively, um, and obviously you have somebody like Fletcher Lawyer who's having an outstanding year, averaging over twenty four a game for him uh, for the Spartans. Um, that's going to be a really really interesting matchup. Um, kind of, I've been thinking about that one a lot today. Like, who would I go with? Who would I go with? But um, it's hard to tell. I mean, you can make cases for for either way there. And then the second game at Logansport. I think is intriguing. You have a Carroll team that uh, went through that sectional East Noble. Jalen Jackson scores 45 in the sectional championship game, goes 20 of 28 from from the floor, and just probably, in my opinion, maybe the most physically punishing guard, point guard in the state of Indiana. You're talking about a kid who's six foot and just loves contact, will search out somebody to run into on his way to the rim. Um, he's been playing at a really high level for Carroll. They've got a couple kids back uh, that were injured here. Uh, Zach Castator, a six-six shooter that came off the bench to hit four threes in their Tuesday night game against Northrop. Um, him, Ryan Preston, Cody Berkey give them some uh, perimeter shooting options. Then you have Sam Stricker, a kind of a six-four point center almost um, that likes to make plays for other people and they invert their offense a lot and post Jalen Jackson. Um, they're going to have to go up against Lafayette Jeff, who I saw on Friday night at Marion, uh, pull away from a good Harrison team. Obviously, Brooks Barnheiser, um, everybody knows the numbers he's putting up, the Northwestern signee. But, you know, Ashton Beaver, Jacob Colicott, um, two other senior guards that knock down shots. They have Josiah Kirk-Williams, kind of a slashing, uh, undersized, you know, 3-4 at about 6-2 or 6-3 that can – uh, cause some problems in different areas for defenses. So um, that's going to be a really fun game, I think. Uh, so the morning session at Logansport definitely has two good matchups in different ways. And uh, who's ever comes out of that regional into semi-state is going to definitely have have earned their ticket. Yeah, that should be a really good regional. I'm looking forward to uh, you know trying to figure out who I am going to favor between Carmel and Homestead because I, don't, I honestly don't know. I mean, it's hard to imagine Carmel losing uh based off what trevor said about how well they played defensively and just how well they've been playing lately uh and once they got uh brian waddell back and even honestly even when he was injured i thought they uh, played well uh you know they took it to lawrence north they did have that one point loss to fishers but you know that was the day after they had beat lawrence north and, and fishers is a good team and you know probably caught them a little bit off guard but man that's a you know such a good defensive team and then homestead who you know, I have a hard time imagining them losing too. Haven't seen them play uh, so many close games and winning those games against you know teams like LN, uh, like Cathedral. You know, just just able to you know come down here and beat the best teams in Indianapolis. So you know that's going to be a fantastic matchup, and, and clearly you know could have state championship ramifications. Really, uh, you know we'll know that in a few weeks, but uh, should be a great great game. I'm looking forward to seeing that one. Uh, on Saturday, you know, going back down to the uh, Southern half guys, there's a lot of, you know, I, I feel good for a lot of the coaches who are going to be playing uh, at Southport on Saturday. Uh, ben Rhodes is at Mount Vernon, you know, used to be Ben Davis assistant. Uh, he's been there, I think, three years now. They're able to get through and win a, a sectional title, beating Anderson uh, and Donnie Bowling, who uh, with the former manual coach on uh, Saturday night. And then uh, we mentioned Lawrence North winning, but then 
you know, Plainfield, and let's let's touch on Plainfield for a minute. Uh, you know, Andy Weaver, I wrote this in a, a Monday column, and actually had, had written something earlier in the season on Plainfield and, and kind of their, uh, you know, surge towards this sectional title and turned out to be a sectional title. But, you know, that he was 22 and 66 in his first four years at Plainfield. And I think it's, it's a credit to the administration, you know, to stick with him. Uh, they've really turned it around as a program here and – you know, a really, and I think you know from talking to Steve Lynch, I know that they have a ton of respect for uh, for Plainfield's program. It's it's mutual, and a really close game Saturday. They beat Brownsburg twenty nine twenty eight, and uh, you know I, I don't know if there's anybody happier than Andy Weaver on Saturday night in the state. You know, able to get on to the regional now, and and for the first time since nineteen ninety nine uh, for Plainfield. So uh, just a great win, and then you know also there and and I'll let you guys touch on Plainfield but also Ben Davis and and how much they um you know improved throughout the year Ben Davis was not I saw him in the first game of the year and uh, they certainly didn't look like a sectional championship team that's for sure and you know credit Don, Don Carlisle for getting those guys those young guys experience and then you add Jaden Brewer uh, to the mix, and uh, that's a different different type of team now. And they win Section 11 at Decatur, uh, beating Pike on on Saturday. So, you know, some interesting stories there. And uh, I know you guys, you know, Trevor, have seen Plainfield play. Uh, this is a team that's been building for a while, the last uh, three years, and they've had some close calls, but uh, finally able to get it done on Saturday has to feel great uh, for that program. Yeah, like you said, I mean. Ian Scott this year has been great. Um, they, I think Plainfield's kind of been missing that go-to guy, and he certainly filled that role this year. I think he's averaging 18 or 19 points a game. As you know, that that power forward that can take it off the dribble from the the mid-range and get to the basket and finishes so well around the basket. And then, like we mentioned, uh, Homestead has great size at each position. Plainfield's got a lineup just like that where you're. You're playing a bunch of guys over 6'3", um, Aiden Boer, Aiden Moyers, Ian Scott, like we mentioned, and then Cale Vanderbush as well, um, another 6'4", 6'5", guy that can play inside and outside. So just their overall size gives a lot of teams uh, a lot of trouble, and they're a team that doesn't turn the ball over much, and they know what they want to get. You know, They're, they're not going to take bad shots on any possession, and they're going to, like you said, Andy Weaver is a great coach here, and has built this program up and has this team right where they want to be and they're not going to waste it on, you know, one guy trying to do too much here. So um, then going forward, it's going to be tough. I mean, anytime you beat them, you know you've earned it because um, they they don't beat themselves with turnovers and just their size gives them a chance of any any, uh, rebounding battle. So really like playing field going forward and even Mount Vernon um, with the Gerard twins, Armand and Ahmad, um, they're going to give them trouble. It's kind of a little bit of a different team where Armand is a little bit quicker and can shoot from the outside. Ahmad, Gerard, a little bit more of a slasher. It's going to be interesting to see how Plainfield matches up with those two uh, in that first uh, regional game of Southport when those two teams meet. Uh, moving on to Ben Davis, like you said, a young team in the early part of the year that seemed like they really grew, and then you add in that go-to score like James Brewer. I thought that was a, a huge bolt to their team or boost to their team going to the sectional time. And 
definitely played like a different team down the stretch of the year. And I was pretty confident in them, you know, entering sectional play. Um, and it, it paid dividends with Brewers' big game against Bike. I think he had 23 in that one. So it's, uh, like always, a really good field at uh, Southport this weekend. Yeah, looking forward to seeing uh, you know what happens. I, I really think Plainfield is potentially uh, could could get through there. You know, on the uh, on the right night. I mean, if they can if they can play their style and you know really lock in defensively. And, and you mentioned uh, you know Ian Scott has had a great season. Aiden Boer and Kale Vanderbush has really come on here lately offensively for him as well. And uh, I know Aiden Moyers too. He had 16 on, on Brownsburg. So, you know, they've got a lot of weapons. And you mentioned the size. You know, they can match up size-wise with just about anybody. Uh, so that's a really good team. Um, you know, and, and like you said, Plainfield will play Mount Vernon. Ben Davis will play Lawrence North. And uh, should be a lot of fun at, at Southport on Saturday as well. Uh, you know, looking to the – you know, I, I wrote about – center grove a while back too i I thought you know looking at their path you know if they could get through the sectional which is always tough uh those teams all familiar with one another a two-point win over franklin central a pretty easy win over shelbyville and then had to grind it out against greenwood 41 35 uh, to win that whiteland uh, sectional and uh you know again you know they'll have to go down and and uh, battle the the teams down south you know they kind of go a different route than the than the other uh mick teams the other central indiana teams and uh, have to deal with some you know maybe some teams that uh you know you're a little bit unfamiliar with but you know we're always familiar with bloomington south and they're down there and they're they're uh 23 and 4 and you know not a lot of players probably people are all that familiar with this year uh but uh, they're still alive and you know everybody knows Jarrah holmes you know has his teams ready this time of year uh, so they'll be down there playing Jeffersonville and then uh, Center Grove and Evansville Wrights. Uh, guys, what do you think about is Center Grove have a chance to get through this? It's a it's always a good field, it seems like, at Seymour and, and a lot of really traditional powers uh, in that group again this year. But uh, I, I kind of like that Center Grove team, and uh, I think maybe uh, they have a shot to, to get through there. Yeah, I think you look at Center Grove just seems to be a team that's kind of flown under the radar at least in my opinion, all year long, and maybe doesn't have the the sexiest of of wins or record, but they're certainly a team that their trajectory is going up over the last five, six weeks or so. Um, Charlie Bemis, Landon Hackard, then you have Taven Jackson, an elite athlete um, at the guard spot. And that's, I mean, that's sectional defeating Greenwood, who had a good year this year. Um, they obviously, I think, played the toughest competition, obviously being in the mix of any of the four teams, so you know they're going to be battle-tested coming in. They've been to this level of state tournament before, um, making it to semi-state a couple years ago. So um, I think, you know, Center Grove definitely could could win two games on Saturday and come out of this regional. Um, Kyle, you mentioned earlier the surprises, um, and I went with Riley Adams. I think my second biggest surprise was – Bloomington South smacking around Bloomington North like they did. Bloomington yeah. North has had a, a heck of a year. And for that to be a 23-point game um, in a big rivalry game for a sectional title, man, that was a big shock. Not necessarily that Bloomington South won, but to dominate the way they did. Yeah, that was surprising. Had a chance to see, I think Trevor was there too, the Bloomington North and uh, Perry Meridian uh, earlier this year and was really imp- impressed with uh, Bloomington North and what they had. So that I kind of had them pegged to win that sectional. 
knowing full well Bloomington South, you know, they're always, they're always going to be so tough, but, uh, you know, that, that, uh, that margin of victory definitely was surprising. Um, you know, let's, uh, let's kind of double back on, on 4A, uh, here, but let's get through 3A and, uh, you know, touch on some of the, some of the big games there. Uh, we don't have to go through all of them, but I, I will say, you know, I know you guys haven't had a chance to see Hammond, uh, is is that the team to beat in your guys' estimation? At least out of the north side of the bracket, they have uh, they're playing up at South Bend. They'll play New Prairie, and then South Bend St. Joe is against Twin Lakes. Uh, you know, I think we would kind of assume Silver Creek might be the overall team to beat. But uh, what do you guys think about Hammond, uh, Trevor? What do you th- Hammond got a chance to uh, to win this thing? Yeah, I think Hammond's the best team. Even if you throw in Silver Creek, uh, hopefully we get to see that matchup going forward. But just their, their overall talent level is huge at Hammond. I mean, you got Daryl Reed inside, that's 6'5", 6'6", shot blocker. Harold Woods is a big wing that scores inside and outside. Um, and Dredge Abrams, you saw him at uh, Brownsburg lighted up Kyle. So yeah. their, their talent is huge for 3A. Um, they can play different styles. Uh, we've seen them play in the half court where Abrams and Woods are hitting threes. They can get up and down. They can pressure you. Um, they totally uh, dominated a Valpo team late in the season by turning them over um, pretty much every possession, it seemed like. So this team, for a 3A team, this is a really, really tough team. So I like them going forward. If it happens that uh, St. Joe advances in that um, South Bend Washington regional, that matchup could be interesting where you have a J.R. Kinesny um, going against those guys see if he could kind of lead the Indians over a, a overall more talented Hammond team. But you get hot for one game, anything could happen. So that will be a, a really fun sectional, but I love uh, Hammond going forward. Yeah, and I think I think that's where I'm going to end up on Saturday night is South Bend, Washington. And obviously if you have somebody like Jr. who's averaging 30 a game, you know, he can explode for 40-plus, anything's possible. And I do think St. Joe has the size at other positions to at least match up height-wise with with Hammond. Now, St. Joe's complimentary pieces around Jr. haven't always come through for them this year. You know, they've had their ups and downs where it's been Jr. and you know, really not a whole lot of help. Um, they do have some talent: Adam O'Dell, Will Terry. Um, Jack Fuda, some other guys who are, who are more than capable, but the consistency, I think, from those guys this year hasn't already been there. Uh, you have a Twin Lakes squad. Ken Adams obviously been around the block. They made it to state and lost a heartbreaker to Addicts a few years back. Um, just kind of a balanced roster. I think three or four guys in double figures all around 12 to 14 a game. Um, so, yeah, and then you look at Hammond – yeah, they're probably the most talented team, but you get in a one-game situation like this in the state tournament and, you know, anything can happen. Um, I think they're obviously the favorite, but you can't count out somebody like JR going off um, and, and hitting eight, nine, ten threes in a game if he gets hot. Um, and that's something that obviously St. Joe is going to gonna hope happens on Saturday. Yeah, that'll be a uh... – that one will be St. Joe uh, will play the early game against Twin Lakes, and then uh, Hammond and New Prairie 
uh, in the uh, noon game there. But, yeah, Ken Adams, he's a really good coach. Twin Lakes able to get through their sectional. And I, I really had I'd seen Western play a couple times and thought they would be the team to come out of there. But uh, Twin Lakes knocked them off, and uh, they were able to get through. Uh, Jeff, what do we know about Leo? I mean, they're a team that uh, they're playing in the Newcastle Regional, uh, have put up a really good record this year, and uh, they play Mississinawa in the, the noon game and then Newcastle and Northwood in the early game. But is that a team that could potentially uh, you know, come out of Newcastle and, and maybe make a run to Banker's Life? Yeah, I think they're the favorite uh, coming into Newcastle. Uh, Leo at 21-4. and four. You have a couple of 6'6 kids in the front court, Zach Troyer, kind of their glue guy, and then DJ Allen, who's gotten uh, a ton of Division One football interest. He's 6'6", 230-pound uh, defensive end prospect um, who had 18 and 12 in their sectional title win over Bishop Dwenger on Saturday night. And then you have Blake Davison, who uh, is going to Indiana Tech in Fort Wayne, NAI school up there. You look at him in warm-ups and – you know, I was talking with somebody on Saturday night, and they asked me who Leo's best player was, and I pointed, and I said, that kid right there. And they, like, did a double take at me because you look at Blake Davidson, and, like, is he on the tennis team? Like, he's 5'11", maybe a buck 55, just doesn't look the part at all. But then he comes out and is an absolute killer on the floor, just uh, kind of a throwback player, just amazing to watch in the mid-range uh tough pull-ups, spin moves, floaters, um, and then he obviously draws a lot of attention, and that's where Allen and Troyer uh, can kind of just feed off of him drawing uh, help and, and getting easy buckets at the rim. Uh, I do question Leo's depth. Um, Aiden Rubel, who was really good at the start of the year, has struggled lately the last month for him, a junior guard that um, had a really good sophomore campaign. He's kind of struggled. They're looking for that second guard to really come and take some pressure off of uh, Blake Davison. But, man, the way they're playing right now uh, with the way Davison's playing and those two bigs up front, you know, they change things on the glass. Um, it's really hard to to out-rebound Leo uh, in the front court. So I think they're the favorite out of Newcastle. You have to look at the host Trojans. I mean, they take out a really good Delta team in the semifinals, come back the next night take out Gus Etchison and Hamilton Heights. So uh, the Trojans on their home floor playing uh, their best basketball at the end of the season. I don't think you can count them out. And then you have just two teams that are always solid in Northwood and, and Mississinawa. You know, two teams that are, you know, always have winning records, are always tough and physical. And, uh, you know, on a given night, those teams. I think this is a very balanced regional, but I would give – Kind of the odds on favor to Leo, though, right now, with the way they're playing, especially Blake Davison. You look on the south side of 3A then, and I think one of the best matchups of the day could be at Greencastle, where the host team, uh, they're going to be taking on uh, Garen Catholic at the uh, McNally Center. That will be a, that should be a great uh, matchup. And uh, Greencastle, they were able to get through Danville in a very competitive uh, sectional there at Frankfurt. And, you know, I, I was a little bit surprised by that. I thought Danville would uh, come away – uh, with the uh, sectional title, but not a huge surprise. You know, we all know, uh, you have seen Brody Whitaker play uh, for a few years now at Greencastle, and he's having another great year uh, for them. This is kind of their chance. They were able to capitalize on it, and now they get to play at home. So that's a, you know, kind of a cool thing uh, for uh, for Greencastle. But 
they'll definitely have their hands full with a, a very good uh, Garen Catholic team. Uh, I was able to see them earlier this year, and uh, they're they're legit. You know, they beat Burbuff in the sectional title at uh, Lebanon and uh, win sectional twenty seven. So that sets up a really big big time matchup, and and then you got Beach Grove uh, against Northview on the other side. Uh, but uh, Garen Catholic Greencastle, that could be one of the best games of the day. Yeah, Garen's been one of my kind of sleeper teams all season where they're really good, they beat good good teams, and, you know, with Joe Pavilion and Caleb Edwards, they have the individual talent to kind of get over the hump against any uh, other good teams. So that's going to be a fun one. Uh, like you said, Brody Whitaker going to Marion University, um, kind of a do-it-all guard, has good size, at, you know, 6'3", 6'4", rebounds, one of their best passers, um, and then obviously scores a ton for him. So I don't know if Darren has a uh, individual player that can stop him, but it's going to be a going to need to be a group effort uh, if Darren's going to beat those guys. And then uh, Beach Grove is a little bit different team. You know, they're they're uh, you know maybe not quite as big as as they've been the last couple of years. Uh, for Coach Renfro there, but uh, you know they have a couple good guards, Jaden Curry and and Gavin Mitchell, who have been around for a while, both seniors, and have been on a lot of winning teams. So a little bit different team, but they have had a, had a really good season again. Uh, they were pushed by Washington; they had to get go to overtime to win that game in the sectional, and then were able to get through. Uh, but I don't know if they're quite as strong as they've been, uh, Trevor. What do you think about uh, Beach Grove's chances? Um, this is another, you know, really balanced team for Beach Grove. And, you know, I'd never write them off just because you know they're going to play hard. They're going to be scrappy. They're going to try to find a way to win. So, um, I think they have a good chance here. Um, Northview had some big performances in the sectional games. Um, who was it? Um, the Brevin Cooper had a big game for them. And then obviously Caleb Swearinger has been huge for him all year, senior guard, scoring about 18 points a game. So it's going to be a really good game between those two. I would, I don't know how to handicap it right now, but um, I would definitely definitely want to see that game between Beach Grove and Northview. Um, Jaden Curry, uh, for the senior for Beach Grove, him and Gavin Mitchell, um, kind of the one-two punch for Beach Grove this year for a really balanced team. So it's going to be fun to – see what they can do against Northview. Yeah, that should be a fun uh, regional. And, and Beach Grove, after kind of a, a lengthy, uh, you know, dry spell of, of sectional titles, they've won three in a row now. So they're, uh, you know, definitely uh, have done a great job. Matt English, of course, built that program, uh, passed away uh, a couple of years ago uh, after fighting brain cancer. And, uh, you know, Mike Renfro has really, you know, been able to step in. He's a former assistant and, uh, you know, kind of the same same mentality at Beach Grove, kind of a lunch pail mentality. And they really believe in what they do. So congrats to them on, on making it again to Greencastle. Uh, down in the south, guys, want to touch on definitely what's happening there because at the Hatchet House, it'll be Silver Creek and Heritage Hills. And I think people may be a little bit surprised, uh, Jeff, that Silver Creek had to, you know, they had, they had a little bit of difficulty getting through the sectional and, uh, you know, some really good teams down there. North Harrison, a three-point win, and uh, Madison, a 12-point win. Those, both those teams really good, uh, but able to uh, to get through. That North Harrison game came right down to the wire. Uh, is Silver Creek still the, the team to beat coming out of there, or does, does Heritage Hills have a chance to knock them off on Saturday? 
I mean, I definitely think Heritage Hills has a puncher's chance. Anytime you have a kid like Blake Sisley who um, is capable, as he showed uh, in the sectional, going for 40 points and has the size to go up against uh, Cooper Jacoby and, and Trey Kaufman. Um, he's obviously, you know, the Evansville signee, a, a really skilled player and can score in a lot of different ways. And I think the big thing for him is to try and get um, at least one, if not both, of those bigs for Silver Creek in foul trouble and just really make them work hard defensively. Um, and then, you know, you have a, maybe not the, the firepower around him that you had last year with Murray Becker and Simon Sherry, but still, you know, good role players around him. And um, they're certainly not going to go in and be intimidated by Silver Creek um, in that matchup. And then you look at the other side, Connersville. Uh, pulling off maybe a little bit. It's hard to call Connersville winning in the postseason an upset. Yeah, uh, but they take out a, a really good Greensburg team in the sectional, um, and they had to go against a, a good Sullivan team here um, on Saturday in that other game. So that's that's always going to be a fantastic regional down at Washington. But um, Silver Creek, in my mind, is the favorite right now. Are they playing maybe up to their potential? Maybe not, but their potential is as good as it gets in 3A. Um, so if they play to the level they're capable of, I do think they'll come out of that regional. And I know if I was coaching, I would not want to coach against Kerry Brown at the Connersville. That that guy, he, he gets the most out of his teams every year. You know, and they, they've lost mostly to all, I think almost all, last time I checked, were all 4A teams uh, for the most part. So they... You know, they played a good schedule this year, and uh, they go in to play Sullivan. That'll be the second game. Heritage Hills and uh, Silver Creek, the first game on Saturday at, uh, down in Washington. So, you know, that's that's 3A. I think we're all maybe thinking the same, maybe a Hammond-Silver Creek matchup uh, moving into the uh, championship game, but long way to go uh, from there. A lot of good regionals uh, in, in 3A. Guys, 2A, 2A to me seems like it's just been a really good year uh, for Class 2A. Uh, a lot of really good teams throughout, you know, if you look north and south. Uh, but in my mind, Fort Wayne Blackhawk uh, still is the, you know, the, the kind of the class of the of that class. And, you know, nothing that happened in the sectional made me think any different uh, about Fort Wayne Blackhawk. They will uh, – they'll play at North Judson in the in the 2A regional against Churubusco. At, at North Judson. Yeah, at North Judson, right. And they, they play Churubusco at North Judson. And then Boone Grove and uh, Bowman Academy in the other game, but uh, you guys still feeling like Blackhawk, uh, uh, Jeff? You, are you going with Blackhawk still in two A? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you just you just look at um, their one through five, and if you're a two A school and you're bringing somebody like Gage Sefton, uh, their sophomore wing, who's an incredibly talented player, they're bringing him off the bench. Like he's going to be the best player at probably at least seventy five percent of the two A schools in the state. Yeah. He's coming off the bench for Blackhawk. Um, I think you're just looking at, and obviously you know they've they're having a rough go, um, kind of off the floor. Mark Davison, mm-hmm. uh, their head coach, had um, his cancer has returned, so I think this may be a rallying point uh, to get around uh, Coach Davison. Um, obviously battling cancer um, and kind of, you know, that now not a win one for the giver, but, you know, a rallying cry that those guys are all going to band together and support him and, and go out and play their hearts out for him. And, 
you know, I think they're they're the class of, of that regional. I don't think there's there's really a whole lot any of the other three teams can do about it. You know, Cherubusco has their senior duo of Jackson Paul, who had a phenomenal sectional week at Westview. Landon Jordan, six eight, and athletic can give Caleb first maybe a little bit of trouble inside. And then you look at uh, Karan Davis at Bowman. Uh, they come through a really good sectional out of Whiting. But I just don't see anybody challenging challenging Blackhawk really for, for more than a half. I think they're just too deep, too talented, and can score in, in too many different ways. And then down at uh, LaPel, uh, still on the north side of the uh, 2A bracket, uh, Blackford, uh, Luke Brown put up, put up 50 on uh, Saturday, not a bad night, uh, as Blackford wins their second straight uh, sectional title. And, you know, it's, it's funny, you know, you look back last year, you know, if he would have got a couple more games in the tournament, they were they were about to play in the regional. Uh, who knows? He might be the all-time leading scorer. You know, by the time it's all said and done, uh, because he, you know, he he's closing in. I, he, I did the math. He, if he was to beat Damon, he would have to average like fifty-two a game for the next four games. I would say that's probably out of range, but uh, you know, Blackford might be the team to beat here at uh, Lapel. They play Wapahani uh, in. Uh, the first game, and then Rossville and Rochester play each other. So, you know, looks like potentially, you know, they could have a chance to, to get through and, and play uh, the following weekend. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that Wapahunting game. Um, they have a couple of young players, Isaac Andrews and Aiden Franks. Those two have been leading the way as a freshman-sophomore combination and have really propelled Wapahani to this position where they're facing Blackhawk and you know, have a pretty good chance to beat them. So that's probably the 2A the game I'm looking forward to the most uh, heading into Saturday, Kyle. Yeah, that's going to be uh, that's going to be a lot of fun, uh, you know, to see what Black uh, what Blackford can do uh, in that uh, in that regional. In uh, you know, and then we look down to the south side of that bracket. And again, one of the huge games of the day, you know, Shenandoah and Covenant Christian. Covenant Christian was down by 10 points with uh, about two and a half minutes left against Heritage Christian and came back, put it in overtime, and then it took three overtimes, but they beat Heritage Christian to win the sectional. And, you know, that honestly, it surprised me because I covered, uh, Trevor, I, don't, I can't remember if you were there or not, it was a city game. And uh, they just they manhandled Heritage Christian. It was not even close. It was I think they were up twenty by the end of the first quarter. Uh, but this one was uh, obviously much different. And uh, you know sometimes it takes a game like that to uh, you know, and then you kind of kind of breathe a little bit. But no chance to breathe here. You know when you when you got Shenandoah up next, and that to me, man, that's going to be a fantastic uh, game. Both of these teams are just tremendous two uh, a two a teams. Yeah, I think if, you know, we talk, we've talked all year about Blackhawk being the best team in 2A. I think these two teams are 2-3, and three and it doesn't really matter which order you put them in. Um, you know, Trevor mentioned that Blackford-Wapahani game is the 2A game he's looking for. I think this is the one I'm most looking forward to, to seeing who comes out on top here. You have, you know, the Shenandoah starting five seniors. All three of their starting guards are over 1,000 points for their career now. Um, they have Cam Grady inside who has come miles in his development from where he was two years ago uh, to really give them a force inside in the post. And then, you know, Covenant Christian, they've played 4A teams tough all year, beat a really good Bloomington North team. Trevor, I know you were at that game. You know, they challenged themselves for this moment. And, 
Uh, it's going to be a fantastic matchup at Greenfield on Saturday between those two teams. Yeah, I kind of build off you, Jeff. Uh, if Blackhawk wasn't in 2A, I mean, you would be talking about this being like a potential state championship game. Oh, yeah. That's the uh, level both teams are at. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I've seen them both play, and and there's man, they they are they are really really good, and that would have been a, a pretty big upset in my mind if if Covenant Christian would have lost that game. But you know, it takes a you know, you got to find a way, and then they did, so they will move on. Now, one of the cool stories too, I, in my mind, uh, Triton Central, uh, Josh Kemper, uh, last second shot, they beat South Decatur by a point uh, to win the uh, win the sectional at Milan uh, on Saturday. And uh, Triton Central team that won five games, all of five games last year, goes on and wins the sectional. Uh, they'll be on the other side of that bracket at Greenfield playing Park Heritage, another really good uh, 2A team. And uh, that, that should be, you know, an interesting game as well. But I have to thank the winner of uh, Shenandoah Covenant, probably the favorite there. And then down in the Southridge uh, Regional, uh, Linton Stockton, and I know you guys know the the personnel there. Uh, they they are just just able to get through and win the sectional. Uh, it, it took a you know pretty close game there in the in the final. I think it was a one point game, uh, but uh, Linton Stockton, the Miners, uh, get through and uh, they you know we see them a lot this time of year. They they're often playing uh, deep into the tournament. Yeah, and this year they have that potent one two punch of Lincoln Hale and Joey Hart. They really lead the way. Hale's going to Indiana State, uh, about a 6'4", 6'5", senior shooting guard. And then Hart is the uh, son of head coach, Joey Hart. He's about 6'4", as a sophomore. So whenever you have two guards like that, you're, you're going to be a tough out in the tournament. And even if when they were, uh, their backs were against the wall there against North Knox, they uh, found a way to win. So it should be interesting, like you said earlier, like uh, with Kevin and Christian, Kyle, can Linton build off this, or was that kind of the start of the cracks coming through for the, the miners? Yeah, always always interesting to see how that uh, transpires. Uh, Jeff, do you have something too? I mean, I, this is a – it feels like we keep saying it. This is a sneaky good regional too. You have Brett Bosley at Paoli. Colson Montgomery at Southridge is just laying waste to any anybody and anything in his path. <laughs> Uh, the last month of the season um, for a kid who, you know, should in all right minds have his mind on baseball getting ready to start. I mean, he is, he had 26 of their 30 in the first half against a really good South Spencer team in the sectional final. I mean, he is an, at 6'4", left-handed, great athlete, can shoot. Um, he's a huge matchup problem. You have Southwestern, a really good squad. Uh, coming out of the sectional that they hosted, they'll play Linton in the second game. I mean, this is this is a regional where you know I think any one of three teams, and even Paoli, if they can get by Southridge, you know they could pull off an upset in, in this regional championship. So a very balanced and competitive regional with four really good teams. That always feels like a regional to me where you have crazy things happen, last-second shots and, and, you know, crazy games happen. So I'd keep an eye on that one, too. I think that'll be a good one. Uh, you know, and then looking down in 1A, you know, feel good. You know, Couts, I went up there earlier this year, did a story on them, and uh, it was good to see them. I know they were kind of gearing up for this for a, quite a while, you know, building towards this. They have the the Wiremans, uh, Kale and Cole, who, you know, they're like uh, – 
you know, just, uh, you know, water bugs out there on the court. They're just so, they attack, they're always in attack mode and, and, uh, you know, a fun team, uh, 26 and two, uh, they're able to get through and win that, uh, sectional up there. And, uh, you know, so that's a really cool thing for that community. They play at Triton, uh, in the, uh, regional there, they play Fremont, uh, first and, you know, Triton and Caston, uh, the winner of that uh, at night. So to me, Couts, you know, I think they're a team, and I was looking at their road even before, you know, if they could get through uh, and win that sectional, uh, they might be the, the favorite to come out of the north side of that bracket. And they had, a, they had a little bit of a test there with Washington Township in the championship game where, you know, they were down three going into the second quarter, and Cole Wireman had already picked up three fouls. But um, he had some other the supporting cast stepped up in that situation, so I think that's a a good sign for Couch going forward. And like you said, um, they have to be the favorite now coming out of one A North. Just when you have Cole Wireman putting up you know twenty five or twenty six a game, there's not too many people that are going to be able to slow him down, um, especially the top half of one A. So really like the Mustangs going forward. Yeah, and they play a style, Kyle, as you got to see that. You know, they will get up. They will pressure you. They want to get up and down. They want to make it a high possession game. And, you know, they have the, they have the athleticism to do it. They're not the greatest shooting team in the world. No. Uh, but they get a lot of easy points. I remember watching their, I watched their season over against Marquette Catholic. Couts had six dunks in that game. They had a couple lobs. Like, when do you see a 1A team get six dunks in a game? You know, it's not something you see. So they have the athleticism. Um, and it's it's a really hard style to prepare for, especially in a regional setting where you have to focus just winning your first game, and then you turn around and play a team like Couts, you know, eight hours later. That's a really hard style to get your kids ready to prepare for. So I think that's an advantage uh, for them in this type of setting in the regional. Yeah, I, I love the. No, go ahead, Trevor. Jeff, are you saying there aren't usually six dunks a game in the PCC tournament? <laughs> I mean. I mean, it's it might have happened before, but I'm going to need to see some visual proof of it. Six dunks, oh, six dunks per decade. <laughs> now we, I, I love the different styles you know teams have, and, and kind of their their uh, blueprint for success. And Couts is, you know, like you mentioned, Jeff, they don't, they're not like a, they're not maybe not what you would think of like they're not a free willing like three point shooting team, but they're. You know, they just attack. It's like they're always in attack mode, and, and they they'll get up and press you. And occasionally, like you mentioned, Trevor, they get in foul trouble, and that's that's been a problem for them at times. Uh, that could be a problem moving forward. You know, if that if that continues to to be the case. But I do love that they're always they're always kind of in that attack mode, and that's a fun a fun a way to watch a team play. And I think that works for them. And yeah, I think it's kind of a mentality that they have. And and you know that that'll be a fun team to watch. Uh, how far they can take it. Um, you know, there are some teams out there, you know, and I, maybe not so much in the north and the south, though. Uh, Tindley, you know, they they're, were able to get through a really tough sectional uh, with uh, Greenwood Christian and then beat Lutheran uh, to advance, and, and uh, they'll be playing at Martinsville. They play Shackamack, kind of a surprise winner, and then uh, e- either Southwestern of Shelbyville or Bethesda Christian, another uh, bit of a surprise winner. So, I gotta like uh, Tinley at least in that regional, guys. I think they're a team. You know, they're sixteen and nine, but uh, you know they've played a schedule uh, that's really, really good. Uh, you know, Aaron Humphrey coming in to give them a real uh, inside presence this year, and, and, and a guy who can do a little bit of everything too. And 
Um, that's a that's a team I think that we could be seeing uh, make a, a run into at least the following weekend. Yeah, they have that mix of like you said, size, athleticism, guard play. Humphrey's been great all year, slash of the basket, rebounding. You have a guy like Jaden Pinkston, who's a superb athlete, uh, elite athlete that can get up and down the floor, crash the offensive glass. Then you have those streaky scorers like Billy Brown and Orlando Hall from the outside that can really light it up in any certain game. So I love Tenley going forward. Like you said, they've been tested throughout the year. Um, I thought that Lutheran team might be able to get them in the sectional, but Tenley passed another test. So really like them going forward. Yeah, and I think one of the things that we keep harping on is teams at the 1A and 2A level that continually test themselves against good 3A and 4A competition. And Tinley does that, obviously, being in Indianapolis. They're able to do that pretty easily. But I think that just pays so so many dividends for teams later on in the state tournament that they're not shocked by a team with size or shocked by a team that has – you know, really good guard play because they've seen it before in the regular season and they've, you know, figured out or at least can can know what they have to do to try and combat that. Whereas some of these teams, you know, Shackamack, I'm going to go out on a limb and say they haven't seen a team like Tinley yet this year. So um, that's something I think is going to pay dividends for, for Tinley here. Um, and, yeah, I agree with you guys. I think they're definitely the favorite to come out of this regional. And then uh, down in Ligoti, you'll have uh, Bar Reeve, uh, the uh, number one team uh, in 1A. Uh, they play Trinity Lutheran, uh, 12 and 13. And then Lanesville and Evansville Day, uh, also in that uh, regional at Ligoti. Uh, guys, I, I can't believe anybody other than Bar Reeve will come out of that just based on having seen them play. They're just they're such a good 1A team. And I, I would love to see that Bar Reeve-Tindley uh, matchup in the semi-state. I think that's what... Uh, you know, could happen, uh, but uh, what do you guys think about Bar Reeves' chances coming out? They had a tough game. Uh, North Davies gave them a two-point game in the sectional semifinal, and then uh, they took care of Ligoti uh, fairly easily in the championship game. I believe it ended up being an 18-point game. So you know, a little bit bigger margin than they had during the regular season against Ligoti, and uh, that Bar Reeves team is just just so, so balanced and, and has good size as well. Yeah, I love Bar Reeve, and we mentioned sectional 10 and 4A. Uh, that North Davies sectional for 1A was kind of the uh, the mirror of that, where you have Bar Reeve, Ligoti, North Davies, Orleans. I mean, just a absolute murderous row of uh, teams in a in one sectional. Their regional might be a little bit easier than the actual sectional was for them. So, uh, like you said. Kurt Hoff inside, Bryson Graber setting them up, Hagen Neff is an athlete on the outside, uh, Bar Reeve is a, a really complete team, and I don't think they're going to have uh, much of a problem here at the uh, Ligoti Regional. Yeah, and you look at what they did to Ligoti in the sectional championship game, I mean, I did not expect that to be an 18-point game, and I, I agree with Trevor here, their sectional is more difficult than this regional. You look at uh, Evansville Day, um, having a shot probably against Lanesville to win that game. But I think Bar Reeve, you know, we've been talking about them as the class of 1A since the start of the year. They've, they've proven it. I mean, they went up to to Carmel and gave them everything they wanted. Um, they gave Blackhawk Christian everything they wanted in the Hall of Fame. So, um, yeah, the Vikings, 
you know, like we mentioned with other schools, they just keep doing the same thing in March over and over and over again. So um, it's an expectation down there, and we should be shocked when they're not in this position. Yeah, that's a really, really good team. Uh, having you know, going over to the Hall of Fame and doing what they did was was really impressive, and uh, will be fun to watch and see how it uh, how it unfolds for them. Uh, like I said, we'd love to see them see a Tindley matchup potentially there, and then uh, you know, Couts is is kind of lurking out there on the north side of that bracket as well, and, and then at Frankfurt as well. I skipped over that one, but Cowan against uh, Lafayette Central Catholic, Seton Catholic, and Southwood. So that's the four teams that will be playing up at uh, Frankfurt in that regional in 1A. So, you know, we touched on on pretty much everything here. There's going to be, uh, I think, a really good regional uh, matchups here set up. You know, just kind of an overview, guys. What, do you, what are you kind of most looking forward to seeing? Uh, which matchups or what, what uh, storylines you kind of looking forward to seeing this weekend? Um, my biggest thing, obviously, the Carmel Homestead game pops out as, you know, a possibility of a, state championship um, kind of de facto state championship not to take away the South but those two teams have been great throughout the year but I'm really interested to see what Westside does up in Michigan City um, I think they're the most talented team but there's a lot of pitfalls up there and I'm, I'm just really focused on seeing if uh, the Cougars can get through there and you know, make a run deep in the tournament here yeah, and, and like everybody else, you know, we're all going to say Homestead Carmel. I want to see how Silver Creek can handle Heritage Hills. You know, are they able to win easily? Because I think if they if they beat Heritage Hills easily, um, that's a scary thought for any other team in 3A in the South. Um, but you know, are they are they struggling right now? Are they kind of wearing out? Um, you know how what that game shows us in terms of what it tells us about Silver Creek um, if they're able to get by Heritage Hills, and obviously if Heritage Hills can knock them off, then you know that throws maybe a wrench in what a lot of people thought 3A South was going to look like. Yeah, and I think mine will be also if uh, you know how Blackford does in that Lapel Regional. Um, you know if they can get through and, and and you know what that does maybe potentially to uh, Luke Brown's Mr. Basketball chances. You know, what What kind of, you know, if that has an effect. And I think maybe the top two guys, you know, first uh, from Blackhawk and, and Kaufman from Silver Creek, uh, they're still playing too, and they, they're going to have a chance to have an impact on their own uh, situation as well. But uh, I actually had someone ask about that to me today, uh, what uh, his 50-point night does. And, and I would say still they need to keep going on and winning. But, Certainly doesn't hurt his chances, and uh, he's going to end up uh, right around, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of three thousand points. So that certainly can't uh, hurt. Is there one, you know, kind of wrapping up here? Is there one, one surprise team out there, guys? That you, I know, nobody at this point's maybe a, a huge surprise uh, based on making it to the regional. But is there a team out there in any class that, that kind of catches your eye as a uh, as a sleeper, maybe that that people are you know not talking about or thinking about as much? Um, I'll go out and just say Garen Catholic. I think they've slid under the radar for most of the season. And I think that Greencastle regional sets up pretty well for them. So I think Garen can be one of those teams that, uh, you know, advances to at least a semi-state and maybe even has a chance to go further. And uh, not too many people have uh, seen Garen this year. So I'll go with that. 
Well, Trevor, I was going to say Garen, so you're making me pick somebody else. I was too, uh, so thanks a lot. Yeah, I'll say <laughs> I'll take Jeffersonville down out down in Seymour. Now, obviously, they're going to have a tough road going up against Bloomington South in the uh, first game of the regional down there. But you know, that's a team that we've kind of been looking at for a couple years and saying the talent is there for them to make a run in 4A. And you know, is this kind of the year that all those pieces mesh together and and click? And, uh, you know, are, are the Red Devils going to come out of that regional? Well, and I'll, I'll change mine to Newcastle then. 9-15 and 15 Newcastle uh, playing on their home court. And I think it's a, a regional where, you know, the, it's, it's potential where they could uh, they could have a couple upsets here and, uh, and go on and win it. So I'll, that'll be mine instead of, uh, you know, I'll, 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 I'll give Garen too, but uh, Trevor stole my thunder there. But uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, and, and Kyle. Kyle, can I hijack the podcast for a minute? Absolutely. You had a tweet today that you said we should have an Indiana All-Star dunk contest. So I need I need to have the five guys that you would want from the state of Indiana to participate in a dunk contest. Oh man. Yeah, you're you're a I well I I certainly would have Pierce Thomas in there uh, and this came up uh somebody I was talking to uh, probably last year and we were saying, you know, do it around the Indian All-Star game. You know, have a, I don't know if you do halftime of the girls or, you know, in between games or whatever. Um, yeah, but I would say you'd start with Pierce Thomas. I would throw Jalen Hooks uh, in there. Um, you know, I would put in for the Spud Webb uh, aspect of it. I think Caden Beatty from Lawrence North could be that type of guy. I know he can get up and sky. Um, so I think that would be something that would be cool. Um, who am I not thinking of? Uh, there's got to be. Trevor, who do you have? I would throw Blake Wesley. Blake Wesley, I was going to say that too. Yeah, I think he's uh, he could put on a show in there. Um, who else would we put in there? I some a kid I saw Friday night. I'd like to throw his name out there. Leighton McGovern gives out of McCutcheon, a six three six four uh, athlete. He caught he caught a lob uh, on Friday night, jumping over. Uh, a kid from Kokomo, and he can definitely sky and transition. He's somebody that's uh, you're not really sure what's going to happen. Yeah, Jaden Brewer. It's oh yeah, we need in there. That's absolutely yeah, hundred percent. He would be good for a dunk contest. I was gonna say, you know, DJ Hughes gets a lot of dunks in games. I'm not sure if he's a you know slam dunk contest kind of guy, but um, but Jaden Brewer definitely. Hughes would have to try to break a rim, I think. Yeah, he'd be like the, you know, remember the old, you know, when they used to do it back in the day, he'd be like the Larry Nance uh, type that, you know, the, the <laughs> yeah. taller, you know, the taller. Sometimes those taller guys don't get the love uh, in the dunk contest. Uh, yeah. Can we throw Brian Waddell as a possibility in there? If you'd like. I think he's the type of kid that, <laughs> I think he's a kid that would have some creativity to it. I hear you. Yeah, we need to. Well, you should have mentioned this before you know, we started recording. Then I could have thought of some some names. It would definitely have to be a different uh, format than what they used to do with the three point and the dunk contest back in the day, where they would have it at the regionals and semi states, and you would keep advancing from there. I don't think that worked out too well. I I, I just think it'd be a better setting at the All Stars than it would be for the 
Yeah, I think the 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 state finals and stuff like that are just more of a about the games. I think this yeah more of a laid back environment at the All Stars, and maybe it would help uh, you know bring some other people in to why I don't know. I mean, it could. Who knows? But I at first thought of it when uh, last year because we were talking about Pierce Thomas, and it was like, well, that'd be cool if he could, you know, maybe he could uh, be a be a guy who could do that. But yeah, there's been from the free throw line. Yeah, I mean he he's uh, incredible athlete that way so but uh yeah good question bad timing good question (laughs) (laughs) well that's all i got shark tried to get the gotcha question on you yeah he yeah i said i was gonna hijack the podcast and i accomplished that well i stopped recording so that's that's (laughs) why <laughs> no, I appreciate you guys coming on uh, again. Uh, Trevor Andershock, uh, Jeff Shanley from Indiana Basketball Source. These guys out, out covering lots of games all season long and, and very knowledgeable. And uh, appreciate you guys as always coming on. Uh, thanks for having us. Thank you. Enjoy the uh, enjoy the weekend. Oh, I will. You too, Kyle. <laughs>